is called Bon Me, you guys, into their own private social club for the cost of a cup of coffee or nothing at all. During five visits to the store in recent weeks, a reporter saw a modern-day Bowery bum sleeping in the fetal position, another nodding out in an obvious drug-induced haze, and few appeared to be drunk, and one smearing toothpaste on his face and mumbling to himself. <laughs> As the city's homeless population surges and heads indoors in recent wet and cold weathers, retailers, even high-end ones, cannot escape the deluge. The vagrants take full advantage of free wireless and microwave at Whole Foods and relieve themselves in sparkling restroom facilities. They pool their change to buy a beverage at the coffee bar in order to get a receipt with the day's keypad code to the locked restrooms. The problem with homeless people and junkies is frequent, said a Whole Foods cashier while ringing up cave-aged cheese in an assortment of organic produce. Every once in a while, security will go upstairs and shoo them away. The 71,000 square foot store, 71,000 square foot store, opened in 2007 to much fanfare. The gourmet market, the length of a city block, imposingly sits between Bowery and Christie Streets and employs more than 600 workers. But what once... The province of hip, what is the, what was once the province of hipsters is now a refuge for the city's growing homeless population and others. Last week, one bum in the grocery area picked items from the hot food bar with his fingers and ah! popped them into his mouth. Upstairs, a man reeking of booze drank from a dark bottle and argued with those in the cafe. Another man alternated between panhandling in front of the store and sitting in the cafe talking to himself. <laughs> no one wants to have lunch next to a foul-smelling bum or a drunk or a junk junkie not out next to you it's not very appetizing at the same time whole foods displaced these people oh wait this is the same quote at the same time whole foods displaced these people these were the originally original bowery denizens said sean sweeney head of the soho alliance gentrification took the place and displaced them where are they supposed to go the de blasio administration has not done enough to find shelter for these unfortunate people the number of almost city shelters City shelters reached a record high last year, with others using ATM vestibules or transit hubs like Penn Station as makeshift shelters. The supermarket is particularly attractive to the homeless bunking at the Bowery Mission, which is a block and a half away and requires residents to leave during the day. It's true. Um, all the shelters, you leave at like 8.30 and you come back. And once you're in at 8.30 or whatever, you can't leave. And right. if you want to come in at 11, you have to have a special pass mm-hmm. that says like you have a job or you have a reason to be out. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for that Whole Foods because if in, if you guys are familiar with the Bowery in New York, that's where CBGBs used to be, oh. and that's where part of like the punk scene was like in the 70s and the 80s. And so when Mr. Gentry came in in the 90s and changed the whole Bowery, this is what happened. Yeah. And so now you have so many displaced people who like the article stated who are have been in that area for so long where are they supposed to go this is the problem this is the flip side of like oh well mr gentry didn't help the other people these displaced people so this is the effect of what you get and so i think the shit's funny and, and I, I think I, it's very funny i think it's this. very funny because number one you're in new york so what do you expect and you're buying an apple for 350 do you know what i mean like it's an organic it's not, apple that costs three dollars and fifty cents that's insane or a cup of coffee that's like five bucks or the, something the yeah, only like, thing that's nasty to me is like the whole bathroom situation yeah you know because i do use public restrooms i'm not one of those like oh, i will never use a public toilet but I don't like what you were just describing what happened here yesterday now I'm afraid to sit on that toilet. well and I <laughs> yeah that's the thing is I didn't um, I didn't check it or smell it because I know I didn't poo or whatever but I came back later and I, it was clean the bathroom was fine but I didn't want to look at it at the time because I didn't want to be that person that's like now look what you did to my bathroom I'm that kind of person. I just, I'm too nice. Uh, it's easy to come here. It's nice and clean and warm, and it closes at 11 p.m., so it's open pretty late, which is good, said Adrian Bay, 42, who said he was staying at the mission while working and saving for an apartment. Sam, who was 35 and homeless, said he suspects addicts sometimes use the restroom. I see people come in here, and they're straight, and they walk with one foot in front of the other into the bathroom and then they come out two minutes later and they pass out he said (laughs) I've seen ambulances come because people have passed out after coming uh, out of the bathroom one Whole Foods employee concurred that drug users are definitely in the building (laughs) the homeless Elvis is in the building the homeless problem gets worse in the winter and nothing can be done about it said the worker at the second floor barbecue food stand 
Whole Foods officials declined to comment. You know, that shit probably goes on here, too. Oh, I, I work in customer service. I've got to deal with, you know, the occasional person that walks in who's mentally unhinged or on drugs or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, my policy and pretty much the place that I work for's policy is unless they're causing a commotion or disruption... Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Absolutely. Let them do their thing. And most of them actually come in and buy something to right. hang out. Um, but I've, I've had the occasion where somebody comes in and they're causing a problem or being a nuisance and you got to kind of shoo them out. And so. smell is a nuisance. If you come yeah. in and you yeah. really, really smell, even if you're not causing like a physical, well, you are causing a physical you disorder. Causing you're a causing physical. a, yeah, you're causing an olfactory, olfactory issue. And, uh, and I feel terrible, but what do you, Not what do you do? You say, Hey, there's the showers in front of city hall right now. You can Absolutely. run down there and you, you take your stank ass over there. Cause not all homeless people stink. That is, that's not true. Yeah. It's, you know. But you know, once you crap your pants, if you don't wash them within like 30 minutes, you can never get that smell, the poop smell yeah, out of your pants. So you, know, you can't, it's like impossible. And huh. the thing is like, we <laughs> did have, not know that we do have free showers and that's the luxury of like, you know, living in a place where a lot of those who do are who are displaced have luxury and have that option. Oh, can, you can hear me now. Yeah. Um, have that option here to take a shower, you know. And I there's I, the lady downtown. It's amazing. She take, took old buses, and she she has like four of them now. And she started with one, and she divided the bus in half, and she made two showers inside the bus. And so when you walk up the stairs, there's like this little ante room that's closed, and they give you shampoo and soap and everything, and you go and you take a nice warm shower. That's awesome. And then there's a little room that's all private where you get dressed again or whatever, and. She used to, yeah, she used to have one bus, and now she has, like, four or five, and just travels around the city and lets See, people know yeah. and says, hey, free showers. Which Whole Foods do you work at, by the way? Oh, I don't work at Whole Foods. Oh, yeah. I, and I won't, I, I won't mention my employer because, you know, oh. that, that I like working there. I don't want to lose my job. I don't you know, know why. I think you said, I, never mind, disregard. Yeah. It's customer service. Customer yeah, service. Yeah, customer service. But uh, I think the, the uh, one of the problems is that, uh, everyone gets lumped into the quote-unquote homeless, quote-unquote yeah. crazy category. That's right. true. When we really need to start making the distinctions between, okay, mental health issue Check. needs to be treated, addiction issue Check. where they want to get help, uh, falling on hard times, just Check. you know losing right. source of income, things like that. Right. And then going the other side where it's the uh, chronically winding up in criminal problems right and yeah. right. Know, the people that cause the break-ins up and down harrison street every morning the people that steal bikes yeah, yeah. all well, that. any and, of the thievery and the thieves, problem is thieves into house i think when it comes to government trying to approach these things government's afraid to make those distinctions because then you're highlighting groups within groups and then people feel ostracized and singled out right and so they try and create this panacea and by doing so they either in san francisco's case really don't address the problem at all right or in new york's problem they try and address it and wind up uh becoming the bad guy because they're pushing the homeless to other areas or doing things to states well, yeah. it's i was recently in new york and it was crazy i went to um one of these high-end four-story uh, supermarket it was, it was mario batali's um uh, it's called italy and it's oh, everything's yeah. like from italy and it's all really cool and artisanal great and the focaccia is amazing anyways it was like shoulder to shoulder in there and i couldn't believe i'm like man if i was questionably housed this would be the best place to create <laughs> shrinkage i mean they couldn't track you. you could like open up something and drink it and stand there it, 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 there was so much food and so many people and so many employees and so many people that i could totally imagine a questionably housed person hanging in there all afternoon and being like no one's gonna even notice me yeah and i can eat some you know tasty snacks well yeah. I, I had a guy in the store the other day and i i was watching him because one he did have an order or two so you, right. you, you couldn't help but notice he was there whether you could see him or not <laughs> but i uh, he was just kind of milling and every time you addressed him, he evaded. Oh. He, he, he wouldn't make eye contact. He'd just kind of shuffle somewhere else. And it, sure enough, he was trying to make a move to just grab something out of the cold case and walk out with it. Right. But because myself and my uh, shift lead at the time uh, were paying attention to him, he eventually got frustrated and just walked out. Right. He's like, I can't. You're watching me too closely yeah. for me yeah. to steal All eyes right on me. Yeah. Ah. Why are you looking at me? Why would you look at me? And that's when yeah. they create a nice disturbance. You say, because you're talking really loudly but, right but now. But we've got another guy who, who's a sweetheart comes in every day and we take care of him yeah. you know we give him you know something small on the house 
um, because he's a nice guy and you know he's not trying to create create he's disruption. He's not trying to create trouble. Yeah. And, and if it's raining. Yeah. Why not, why not take care of a fellow human being? I totally agree with what you're just uh, talking about, like how you know they lump uh, all homeless people as one big group, and the thing, and especially with those who have fallen on hard times, which is happening all over the place. Um, I watched this documentary a while back um, that was called uh, SF.0. It's okay. Don't, you don't have to go and watch it. I'm not endorsing it. But um, there was a gentleman who he had a, a college degree. He was in his uh, late 50s and he ended up living in the SROs um, because he lost his job of downsizing he lost his home and what have you and he ended up homeless for a while and then now he's in these SROs and so it's stories like that you know that I, I, I don't feel the government is doing enough to help those in the hard time rather than lump everyone into one big group like you're saying the category just as much as like there's mental health issues and we we in this country don't even discuss that there's just a pill for you, to <laughs> you know so that's another issue and then there's the assholes yeah you know so i mean i do think that we you know maybe it's just the pc side of me need to like kind of think about panning putting people into the whole group i guess i know i'm guilty of it yeah. Yeah. Well, painting people. Speaking of painting people into a group, I uh, looked up that report, the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse from 1972, and they actually have profiles of users: the experimental users, the intermittent users, the moderate to heavy users, and the very heavy users of marijuana. I thought it'd be fun to see <laughs> what very heavy Ooh. users. But yes. they say in 1972. That, that's, me. <laughs> that's me. I mean, I'm a very heavy user. Yeah. Like, I mean, I. It's, wow. A lot, a lot. Uh, there you have users. The commission's analysis of frequency, quantity, and duration of marijuana use suggests that the United States is at the present time in a fortunate position. All of the studies available to the commission have indicated that only a minute number of Americans can be designated, designated as very heavy marijuana users. These studies uniformly indicate that chronic, constant intoxication with very potent cannabis preparations is exceedingly rare in this country. <laughs> in the 70s, because I wasn't born yet. Bitches. The commission believes that important distinctions must be made between the daily, moderate and heavy American marijuana user and the very heavy hashish or charas user. I don't know what charas is. In other parts of the world where cannabis is widely cultivated and deeply ingrained. Many of the North African and Asian users do not employ the drug uh, only as an intoxicant in the Western sense. Instead, it is frequently used in folk medicine practice, in religious rites, and as a work adjunct, particularly in those occupations which are physically demanding, monotonous, unintellectual, and offer little possibility for advancement. It's so basically like go. farmers and migrant workers. Migrant workers. Well, we have. That's been high, of course. In these countries, very heavy use is typically associated with young males from a lower socioeconomic background. Nonetheless, Use is more widespread among all ages, and elderly chronic users are not uncommon. Generally, these very heavy users consume high amounts of very potent preparations continually throughout the day, so they are rarely drug-free. This is, this is me. Uh, these individuals evidence strong psychological dependence on the drug requiring compulsive drug-taking. Clear-cut behavioral changes occur in these extreme cases. The very heavy user tends to lose interest in all activities other than drug use. A common <laughs> element of the behavioral pattern is lethargy and social deterioration. Not surprisingly, these users have been held in low esteem when very heavy use has been subjected to societal disapproval in almost all countries. Really? Hmm. 1972. That's 1972. Yeah. I guess moderate and heavy users... Uh, it's at the moderate and heavy user who on the outside average 33 times a month. Now average six and a half cigarettes a day. The range was three and a half to eight cigarettes. Oh, they're with marijuana cigarettes. Yeah. I see. I smoke more than that. I mean, I guess, I, well, if that's what they're saying that. That's a J a day. It, Keeps the doctor away. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. No. Wow. Wow. Shit, I wish I had a J right now. I know. You don't have your, you don't have your, um, I'm out of oil. Thing. Oh, she's out of oil. Fuck. She's out of oil. I'm out of oil. Um, so I'm, I'm just surprised that this, I, the social impact of marijuana use, there's a whole thing here. Um, and I, 
marijuana and violent crime doesn't exist. <laughs> Has indicated earlier the belief that marijuana causes or leads to the commission of violent or aggressive acts first emerged during the 1930s and became deeply embedded in the public mind. Until recently, however, these beliefs were generally based on the anecdotal case examples of law enforcement authorities, a few clinical observations, and several quasi-experimental studies of selected populations comprised of military offenders, convicted or institutionalized criminals or delinquents, and small groups of college students. Uh, a few efforts were made to compare the incidence of violent or aggressive behavior in representative samples of both user and non-user population. Even in these early observations and investigations, however, no substantial evidence existed of a causal connection between the use of marijuana and the commission of violent or aggressive acts. Indeed, if any relationship was indicated, it was not a positive and direct causal connection, but an inverse or negative statistical correlation. So the higher you got, the less uh, violent you were. Right. Yeah. Duh. Duh. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, let's, can we just not fight anymore? Like, let's just all get around and smoke a drink. I, I used to get in so many close encounters in bars when I was drunk where, you know, it was like the next morning I wake up and be like, so how close was I to getting my ass beat? Right. You know? And, and ever since I switched to pot, I just stay home. What, you, what would you fight and over people? Would you fight over girls or oh, something? Oh, no. You? It was more, um, people used to like to try and pick fights with friends of mine. Huh. And, uh, Beer I, muscles. I, I have this protective side to me where I'm like, no, I won't stand for that. That's not cool. So I'd step in and intercede and wow. bark Beer the muscles. other guy down. But, yeah. In the bar world, we call those beer muscles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because as a bartender, I get to see this shit on the, well, <laughs> not on the regular, but it's not unusual. And to me, it's just like alcohol is just so fucking dangerous, but sometimes tastes so good. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, you know, of course, you know, people get so intoxicated, they get angry and they don't know how to control themselves. Yeah. And that's why I think more police should smoke pot. Mm. It, well, most of them turn out to be alcoholics, but they really should indulge. Yeah. Uh, in sum, the weight of the evidence is that marijuana does not cause violent or aggressive behavior. If anything, marijuana generally serves to inhibit the expression of such behavior. Marijuana-induced relaxation of inhibitions is not ordinarily accompanied by an exaggeration of aggressive tendencies. No evidence exists that marijuana use will cause or lead to the commission of violent or aggressive behavior by the large majority of psychologically and socially mature individuals in the general population. Thank you, 1972, yeah. for coming back and telling us what we already knew. Now, maybe if Jeff Sessions will read that. Right? I mean, maybe we should um, send it to him in the mail or something. Um, this is so we've been... We've been flying all over the place, but we're still on the drug policy minute. We're almost done. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. After this uh, drug policy minutes, we'll, we'll take a little break. I think I might have some marijuana in my bag. Uh, we'll, we'll work I know it I out. have some. Uh, as the use of marijuana for medical purposes began to gain favor in the U.S., the Institute of Medicine decided to weigh in with a comprehensive review in 1999. This was not the first time the IOM had weighed in on the potential therapeutic benefits of marijuana. A 1982 report concluded cannabis and its derivatives have shown promise in the treatment of a variety of disorders. The evidence is most impressive in glaucoma where the mechanism of actions appears to be different from the standard in drugs. In asthma, where the approach isoprotonol ineffectiveness, and wow, they're saying that marijuana is good for asthma? Did not yeah. know that. And uh, apparently it's as close as uh, a, a current pharmaceutically available uh, That's compound. That's crazy. Did not know that. And then the nausea and vomiting of cancer chemotherapy, where they compare favorably with phenothazolines. Smaller trials have suggested, can suggested cannabis might also be useful in seizures, spasticity, and other nervous system disorders. Both reports from the Institute of Medicine were discounted in the political realm. We have a phone call. 
Phone call, phone call. Today's marijuana landscape in the United States is vastly different from the one in 1999. Currently, 28 states have medical marijuana laws and 16 additional states have CBD laws. Yet last summer, the DEA announced that it would not reschedule marijuana, leaving it with the definition of having no medical value. Once again, the scientific community has come back with evidence against the Schedule 1 categorization of marijuana. Like the reports that came before it, the NAS report explicitly calls out marijuana's Schedule 1 status as a barrier that impedes the advancement of cannabis in cannabinoid research. Science has spoken again. Politicians have a choice. They can continue to ignore the, ignore, ignore the evidence brought forth by the scientific community, or they can reevaluate how marijuana is regulated at the federal level. The people are waiting for an answer. This was written by Amanda Ryman, who is the manager of Marijuana Law and Policy at the Drug Policy Alliance. Oh. Here, Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, like them. It, it sounds like Sweet Gail on the phone. You can put her on if you want. Okay. We could put her on. We'll put, we'll put you on the air here. There you well, go. I we're, didn't know. We're, we're getting so sweet in. The asthma, would that be, would they use like some kind of tincture or something? Would they I wonder if you would smoke it and it would, you know, deliver, you would affect, yeah, so hit the button and hang up the phone. And then. That's fascinating. And then we can hear her if you bring up the blue one. There we go. There's sweet oh, get all man. bring it all the way up. Yes. Hey, Gail. Put me on the air. You're on the air, Gail. You're on the altar. Is that you, Pammy? It is. I tell you, did you hear that guy? I think Stephen Colbert, he, he made up a new Christmas song. It's but it's January. He, it was 18th. something about Christmas is now, Christmas is now. So I was thinking, well, I gotta make myself up a Christmas song. <laughs> so I came up with one. And I'm gonna because I like this one. Christmas is full of F's, fruitcakes, family and friends, and a lot of old fucks. That's what Chrissy say. Christmas is full of F's, fruitcakes, family and friends, and a bunch of fucks. And fuck you, an old fucking fucking tip. There you see, there's my Christmas song. Doesn't that want to make you all warm and snuggly? It is super warm and snuggly. What did you do for Christmas this year, uh, Gail? I periodically pop my pain pills because I'm on heavy duty pain medication which does help me but I'm still in screaming pain <laughs> wow I mean just imagine if I was, I was one of those people that actually enjoyed pain because I heard there's some people like that they actually like to inflict pain on their body and they get some kind of gratification from that Imagine if I was one of those people. I would have all this built-in pain and enjoyment. Those are called CEOs. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people that are trying to get rid of it. Loop me, loop me, loop me. So, uh, Gail, what's your, uh, what, what's your favorite music to listen to? My favorite what? Music. What's your favorite, like, band? Oh, man, I like that old stuff, Pretty Woman. And Roy that Orbison, Roy 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 Brown, we'll, we'll and Roy that Orbison. one that Elvis does, hunka 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 bird in love. You know, I like the old stuff, the new stuff. Uh, you like the dustest? I don't know. It's just a lot of noise to me, banging around and noise and and a lot of screaming and crap. Wait, what new stuff are you listening to? <laughs> what? I said what? What new stuff? What new stuff are you listening to? Me? Uh huh. Well, well, you said all no, the banging stuff around, cause. Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. That was banging around. <laughs> yeah, but at least when he's saying something, you can figure out what he was saying. Right. Well, we're gonna play some Roy Orbison for you. You gonna play Pretty Woman? We're gonna play Pretty Woman. We are. Yeah, I mean, that, how many years old is that? And it's still better than a lot of this new shit that's out. Well, he's dead, so he doesn't have of any new shit out. Of course he's dead. Well, I'm trying to figure out why these people embrace all this noise, and it makes no sense to me. You yeah, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me either. Of course, it still makes sense. I'm still working on Justin Beaver. Well, he's ridiculous. Well, we're going to listen to some Pretty Woman uh, here for Sweet Well, that's Gale. why I say I'm ridiculous enough to make money in showbiz. I got to go because someone. Knocking on my door. Okay, have a good day, guys.
Sweet Gail for having us listen to some Roy Orbison, some old school uh, cool shits. Old, real dusty. Oh, dusty. Now this is exciting stuff. And um, I was talking with, I think it was Anna. No, it was on Monday with Alyssa Westerlund on Good News with Alyssa Westerlund. She said, "I wish that we could just everyone in jail for marijuana could just be let go." And uh, you know, Barack Obama actually has. Uh, pardoned and given clemency to 273 more individuals. So Obama last year said that there were like 
6,000 cases that they want to come and see for. And he was like, I'm going to work as hard as I can. And he's done like, I think like 1,800 now. Some really great, wonderful yeah. number. But now we're up to, I'm sure they'll tell us in this. Uh, but this goes out to you, Alyssa Westerland, because uh, this is so funny. It was even... This came out yesterday, so you were on the 16th, so your wish was granted. You said you wanted Barack Obama to grant clemency, and he did. Uh, Advocates will push next administration on sentencing reform. Gratitude for Obama's actions put thousands, but thousands remain behind bars. Today, President, this is yesterday. Today, yesterday, President Barack Obama commuted the sentences of 209 people incarcerated in federal prison and handed out 64 pardons. This brings the number of prisoners who have been granted clemency under Obama to 1,597. Yay! His goal, I think, was 1,800, but he's really close. And I'm, thank you, Obama. The commutations and pardons uh, represented the Obama's administration's push to overhaul the criminal justice system, system, making it fairer while saving the government money. President Obama has been pushed to do more to release those serving time in prison under harsh drug laws that have imprisoned an enormous amount of individuals. Just last week, President Obama wrote an article in the Harvard Law Review outlining his administration's work on criminal justice reform. These could possibly be his last round of commutations. I didn't mean to interrupt you this way. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just saying yay. Yay, yeah. That's all. Uh, Please continue. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about his <laughs> I know uh, Chelsea Manning's Harvard. Uh, yeah. So we are grateful for a president's actions, but his new Congress must now step up to the plate on sentencing reform, said Michael Collins, Deputy Director of National Affairs at the Drug Policy Alliance. There are still thousands of people in prison serving unfair sentences for drug offenses, and we need to fix that. Advocates fear that Donald Trump will take a tougher approach to criminal justice, but were heartened when House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Judiciary Chair Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa? Is IA Iowa? Iowa. Recently committed to moving sentencing reform in this Congress. There are thousands of people in prison who should be also be granted their freedom by President Obama, said Tony Papa, media relation manager for the Drug Policy Alliance, who was granted clemency in New York State in 1997 after serving 12 years under the Rockefeller drug laws for a first-time nonviolent drug offense. Papa, who wow. recently received a pardon from the state of New York, just released his new book, This Side of Freedom, Life After Clemency, which highlights the roadblocks he faced after he was released. I am praying that Obama grants every single one of them clemency before he leaves office so they can have a second chance with their lives. Yeah, he uh, granted uh, Chelsea Manning and Oscar Lopez Rivera. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Lopez Rivera was uh, part of the the people who wanted the Puerto Rican independence. Oh. And he had been jailed since 1981. And there is also Chelsea uh, Manning. And some people might know her. She was um, one of the officers that kind of uh, turned a little dirty secret about uh, how the American military was actually killing uh, civilians. Ooh. Um, and she, I think she posted it on WikiLeaks or what have you. Yeah, Do that, I have that she right? was she was the first person to be held up for the Wiki, WikiLeaks type. Dump. Did they yeah. call that treason? What did they call it? That's, they did that's call treason. treason. Yeah. yeah, and you know you can be executed for that. Right. Summarily Scary. executed by hanging. Actually. Wow. By hanging, yeah. By hanging. That's a terrible way to go. Yeah. But, but I guess whole, quick. But I think one of the reasons why she, you know, got her case overturned was the fact that mattered. We were killing civilians. Right, yeah. right, right. It was our dirty laundry coming out. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't that... Uh, she's still guilty because she, right. her, her sentence was commuted. Commuted, but, excuse me. Yeah. She, uh, she served seven of 35 years of her sentence, so... Uh, you know, she's still guilty in the eyes of uh, the American people and also the government, but uh, at least she's out now. Yeah. Because I don't think she was doing well in prison. I think, no. I, I think she she had a lot of prob- health problems going on, uh, partly because of the transition and partly just being in jail. Yeah. I don't think anybody does well in prison. I no. mean, I, I mean, maybe Martha Stewart Martha was the Stewart's only one who turned Martha it around. Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but that's the thing but, is, but she's, Martha, hers is different. Her her jail is different anyway because she was a rich person and they took care of her. And well, no, she, she also would, started hanging with Snoop Dogg, so she's figured out how to mellow to out. That. You know, it, I was just right. getting ready to say that. Like, They're gonna do a cooking show together. They already did. Oh, they did it already. It, yeah, it was actually pretty funny. Really, I, I heard it must have been hilarious. Yeah, I was. It was pretty funny. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah, so I would say Martha Stewart. Yeah, because she's everybody now. Everybody likes Martha. Yeah. Martha and Snoop's potluck dinner party. Yeah. Yep. Pot. Yep. Luck. 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 Watch pot. full episodes on VH1. Uh, they've got Snoop adds hood flavor to Martha's gingerbread house <laughs> and go sweet or savory with these holiday dishes. I think that we need to look this up on YouTube and we need to check one of these. <laughs> oh, motherfuckers, out. I, I watched that on Ellen, and it was a stitch because, you know, they come out, and Ellen said something about something being sticky, and Snoop said, my fingers are still sticky from backstage. And Martha goes, Snoop, you can't talk like that now. And uh, I was, we, I was we even have the, we'll, we'll even, we'll, we'll yeah, play we'll, the clip because we'll, it exists. Martha Stewart and Snoop Jog share a taste of their new show on Ellen. Good times. We're moving uh, to the lighter note of the show. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Well, I, I got to tell you, I love Snoop Dogg. Ditto. And I love Martha Stewart. Like, I, there couldn't be two people that I'd want to see more of. So Martha has been here uh, recently. You've not been here in nine years since you've been, been here. Been yeah, nine years. I don't know what happened. Oh, How come? I don't know. You were with my mother last time, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a lady. Yeah. She, what a, <laughs> she said, what a man. Um, <laughs> You were, since, since you've been here, you were Snoop Dogg when you were here, yeah. then you became Snoop Lion, uh -huh. as Snoop Adelic, uh, Snoop Zilla, uh -huh. and now you're back to Snoop Dogg? I found my way back home. All right, all right. <laughs> Snoop Zilla. Yeah. What are you making? What kind of cocktail? This is called the laid back, and what it is, it's uh, <laughs> Tangeray tin uh -huh. mixed with some Ciroc apple. A little bit of club soda, and then we have an ice ball that Martha's going to start. You know, I like making ice balls for yeah. my drinks. Uh, Did you ever make one? That. I don't know what it is. I never knew what ice oh, ball oh, was. This is very heavy. This oh thing. man! It's amazing so, when she makes these so. balls come out. <laughs> no, that just no, the, the weight of this just it reduces that square of ice to the most perfect ball. Wait, you see? Really? Uh, yeah. I've never ice. known it. I can see it's melting already. Yeah, it melts yeah. it. It's okay, so we're heat. making a ball right now, and yeah. in the meantime. In the meantime, in between time, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Where's my little mixer? Right at? there. Right there. That little glass thing. This right here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Martha and Snoop are fucking. <laughs> see, Martha has to always correct me in the kitchen because she's my teacher. She's teaching me how to so learn. So this is Jen and that's Teaching Martha? me how to learn. <laughs> she's teaching me how to learn. She didn't know we do this. Better than one. And what? What's that? Club soda. Oh, oh better clean up because you know we may be in the club later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put a little bit of that is an apple. Pineapple, that is. Uh-huh. Not a regular apple. No. And then, no, 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 not regular. And then how do I shake it, Martha? There's the top right there. This is the top? Yeah. This goes on there? That goes on there. Tight. Tight. Okay, now shake. This is all your bling, Martha. It is. Yeah, Snoop has his bling around his neck, you know, and I have my bling in the kitchen. This is yeah. bling. That's bling. Oh, I'm like shooting dice now. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get it nicely mm -hmm. mixed, you take the top and put it back over there. You make a nice glass for your first guest. Look. Wow, look at that. It's a beautiful little ice So ball. the heaviness or is there heat in there as no, well? No, no heat. Just, just the heaviness and the kind of metal it is just melts that square. So you make one, and Andy's trying to move us along, but it makes one ball at a time. Yeah, so one at a time. You just make a lot of square ball, squares, and then mm -hmm. how's, how's it taste? I need my ball. Give me a ball. Oh, here. Thanks, Martha. There. That I is actually too good because you wouldn't know there's mm. alcohol in it. Right? You drink I would. You drink right? that real fast. <laughs> hey, we usually have a toast, too. We have to have a oh, toast yes. to the All boogie. Right. To success and nothing less. We back on Allen. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So this is fun. This is, um, we wanted to... What are they going to make now? The kinds of things we cook on the show. Not simple all the time. This no. is gnocchi. Oh, they're going to make gnocchi. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like gnocchi? Oh, yeah, I love it. Do you know how to spell okay. it? Uh, Y-N-O-K-I. <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds like some Hawaiian. All right. So here's a little piece for you, Ellen. Put Be some flour down, and, and bench flour, we call it. 
and roll that into roll a little piece of that into a snake. You can use that as your cutter. Here, Snoop. Uh, see, this is too easy. Right we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna stop this, but we're gonna look for another. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see their actual show. Uh, Snoop <laughs> makes mashed potatoes with Martha. There you go. Uh, the game of things with Miley Cyrus, Martha Stewart, and Snoop Dogg. What is going on? Yeah, it's being. That's fun. Ellen. It was Ellen being oh. cute. I see. I see. I see. Um, actually, I think that this one is actually from the actual Martha Stewart show. And he, he's on there with... I, I find this fascinating that the two of them are now, like, a thing. Here, here's Snoop Dogg again. again. Uh-huh. Um, the potatoes have been boiled. Here, I've never done it with a machine. Yeah, that, well, it's easy. So how do you do it with a... Yeah, we in the hood. We like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just peel the potatoes. Oh, this is from back in 2008. Your fingers. Wow. They've been friends forever. Yeah. No, this one. This one needs to be peeled. See, like this? Just take the peels off. Peel. Like making the skin. Fries. The skin. We make. <laughs> She's yelling at him like no, my no, mom no, would no, yell no, at just me. Just the skin. Just just the skin. Look, this. You just peel the skin off. Oh, you want me to take the skins in yeah. off of it? The skins in. Yeah, it is. The chip wrapping. Okay. So you have a you have your own vocabulary. Now you are really responsible for your vocabulary, right? You are the inventor of it. Yeah. So much. So much. Okay. And does everybody understand you? I mean, do your kids no. understand you? No, they don't. <laughs> and you know what's crazy, Martha? What? I don't even understand it, so that's oh. the great part about it. <laughs> you just have fun with it. I just it. have fun talking. And so uh, you have a new album coming out yes, you, uh, uh, for Christmas, right? Yeah, I put out oh, so, Christmas. Oh, like, so are you going to sing, like, traditional Christmas? Oh, no. Oh, no? Santa Claus. I got songs like Santa Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So this is this is going to be a wrap. Look a at him peel this album. potato. He's like daintily peeling, like okay, yeah. tiny little Quite bits. Different. Yeah, he, he's okay, not so using a potato peeler. Perfect. He's using his fingers. See, he's a he's a perfectionist. Now, you know that. In there, and we'll just mash, mash those up and put the whole stick of butter. The whole thing. Yeah, we love butter. Don't you love butter? Is this, bar, is this parquet or margarine? No, no. This is butter. This is butter? Real butter. I used to like that commercial. Unsalted butter. And look. Parquet. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we like, I use real butter. I don't, I don't use uh, parquet. Is that butter, too? No, this is cream cheese. How? Can I get a little? And cream cheese. She does it right. How high is Snoop Dogg? Oh, 11. Hi. Out of 10. Uh, as fuck. Yeah. It's a, and I put cream cheese in my mashed potatoes too, Martha. Ditto. This really? Ab- absolutely. Ditto. You just have to watch. The, you have to put enough salt because sometimes it, it plants it out too much. This is one of my favorite clips ever of Martha. It's when she got out of prison and um, David Spade came on and she taught him how to do things with prison stuff. Like, like one of the things is Commissary making food. Right, right, but making prison nachos. Like, how do you make a greater? This is it was great. And I have never seen this. This one. this one is great. This is Martha Stewart, David Spade. Well, please welcome my alter ego, the very, very funny David Spade. <laughs> Dragon, a fluffy dog. Everyone in the audience is wearing like the ponchos that her inmate knit for her too. Well, David, welcome. I see you have your ankle bracelet, yeah. your poncho, and uh, poor little Francesca. Yeah. You're holding her by the ear. Hey, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> well, you're not going to need that. Right here. You're not going to need that ankle bracelet any longer. Can you just? All right, let's get up there. That's not there. I just want to show you my clog. <laughs> David likes the clogs. Yeah. I think he's going to adopt them. I'm getting every color. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is uh, Francesca and this is uh, Paprika. <laughs> her, her dogs are named Chinchin and Papa. They're friends. Well, well you know, I, I, was, I, I really sort of enjoyed watching the skit. You, you made fun of a very serious thing, you know. Yeah, I got a little scruffy in there. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. But I thought uh, I thought you uh, played me very well. All in good fun. And yeah. my, my DVD is almost worn out from showing it. I, oh, I, I show it to everybody who comes for dinner because I so think it's do I. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't that wasn't the thing. Dang it! Um, I was hoping that you guys would be able to see that. Well, I love David Spade, and I and I love I love that Martha's back. 
Uh, Her prison was like more of like a nice uh, country club or camp, though, right? I, I don't. High-end prison. Probably. I mean, I okay. Think, so I think they had tennis courts. Have you? <laughs> have they have tennis courts. Have you seen Orange is the New Black? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the last season where they left us off, we have the Martha Stewart-esque character, but it's like Martha Stewart meets Paula Dean, right? Yeah, okay. And she's had the ecstasy, and she's like, and now she's like, I'm stuck in the prison now. Um, but I'm sure it was similar to that, right? Where no. she was in a real prison, but it was like, I'm motherfucking Martha Stewart. Like, I'm, you get me, I want, you, you know, like, she couldn't have eaten regular prison food. Oh, no, no, I she definitely didn't. I yeah. can't imagine no, that. No, no, she had decent food. I, I think there there are pictures of her in prison on the internet. Yeah. Well, let's look those up. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you guys are also interested. I mean, I think, I can't believe that she's, do you know she's 71? Really? She's, she, she looks is, good. She's like she looks the really Dick good. Clark, the new Dick Clark, she never ages. I mean, well, Dick Clark did after that stroke. Yeah, but I mean, you but know, yeah. that was a quick decline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel for the guy. He, he, he truly was an icon. Yeah. And now look. Well, he's dead. Sorry. Uh, Martha Stewart. Well, so this is funny, too. Um, when Martha Stewart was indicted, I um, actually dressed as, for Halloween, I dressed up as Martha Stewart in prison, and I wore, like, a jumpsuit. And I, That was the um, hot outfit that year. Yeah. Well, then, Martha Stewart living, decorating small spaces, irresistible recipes with bread and water. <laughs> and crafts, ideas with silver bracelets. Um, I looked up Martha Stewart in jail, and I, and I don't, uh, I'm not seeing... Oh. Real pictures oh, of her. That, that that blue cell looks. Oh, that's not real. Martha Stewart prison cell picture. This is a joke. This nah, has got to be yeah. a joke. That, that, now I can. It, when yeah. it was small, it looked more realistic. Right. Now there's Martha Stewart cooking with her thing. I, I mean, I just. She really. She she's a person who she went to jail and, and it didn't it didn't affect her that much after with her and I think it actually helped her. I I, I think it helped her. It do, it totally helped her with her cool status. Yeah. It totally did. You know. Usually she's like one of the first people I can remember like getting out of jail and not feeling like like shit. She's just like, yeah, I went to jail, but I'm gonna continue with my show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then I'm gonna hang out with some real niggas. Right. Ah. Well, now. And and her and her her cookbooks are pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> I have a bunch of them. So. Uh, is, is is that the only person your this favorite is not person a out of prison? Pam, is it what out of is prison? That, is that your only favorite person out of prison? Yeah, I really don't have any other. I, I, let's see, maybe Nelson Mandela. He was pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. Oh he was yeah. Pretty cool when he got out of prison. How dare us not mention him? Right. Well, <laughs> and it was. Um, did anybody do anything special for Martin Luther King Day on 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 a uh, Monday? I. Uh, no, I, I was black. I worked. <laughs> I was black. I was black, that's all. Is that what you did for, that's what you did for Martin Luther King Day, you were black? I was black. Yeah. And nothing happened, so that's a good thing. So that was a good this, MLK day. This is, uh, we found, I found this, take a tour of America's cushiest prison. Uh, nobody wants to go to prison, but following the recent sentencing of Rajat Gupta for insider trading, we wondered where white-collar criminal goals would go if they had to. In choosing America's fanciest prison, we considered whether they had high-profile nonviolent inmates and what kind of amenities they offer. Federal prison camp in Alderson, West Virginia, is our pick. This is the women's prison where Martha Stewart spent five months in 2004 and 2005, other famous inmates have gone there too. They got to enjoy yoga and other luxuries other uh, inmates in other prisons don't have. Uh, the 159-acre minimum security prison camp is nestled in the scenic hills near Greenbrier State Forest on the bank of the Greenbrier River. The small town of Alderson, West Virginia is located east across the river. I want to see more. The, the, oh, here we go. There are all the... The Greenbriars where uh, the president goes to play golf, and uh, there's uh, the emergency nuclear bunker under the hotel there. Wow. What? The main entrance to FPC uh, Alderson, it says uh, the Department of Justice, Bureau of Prisons, blah, 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 authorized traffic only. It's actually kind of a pretty little gate. It's really nice. Built in 1928, the prison is actually the first federal prison for women. The prison camp follows a reformatory model in which cottages are built around unfenced grounds. The low security prison had one famous escapee. 
um, and it says source Paula Johnson Inner Lives Voices of African American Women. Oh, that's in an ad. Oh, that's an ah, I see. Uh, Lynette Squeaky Fromm was sentenced to life in prison after her attempt to assassinate President Gerald Ford in 1975. She escaped Alderson in 1987, but was recaptured two days later and was ultimately released in 2009. So here, here, uh, more and more I want to know about this cushy prison. Oh, this is nice. Class taught in the 1930s. There's a picture of ladies learning. <laughs> During her time at Alderson, Fromm had access to a wide range of educational courses from GED classes to college classes to vocational training. The prison also had a number of recreational classes. Yoga, which Martha Stewart reported, reportedly started, fitness, aerobics, cosmetology, and stress relief. There's Martha. Martha was sentenced to five months in prison after she was found guilty of insider trading, which everybody does, by the way. She told the Washington Post that her daily interactions with staff and fellow inmates here at Alderson are marked by fair treatment and mutual respect. Fans sent her more than 15,000 emails her first month there. I wrote her an email. Really? <laughs> a typical prison cell at FCP Alderson. It doesn't look that cushy. I mean, it's a bunk and a bunk and a little area and a... There's a window. All inmates have access to email at five cents per minute, a common area, television room, and library. There's also an electronic library, law library, a hospital, a chapel, and an education building. It doesn't, it doesn't look that cushy. Well, that's pretty. FCP's Alderson's main building. When she wasn't getting fan mail, Stewart did maintenance, including scrubbing floors and cleaning offices. All inmates must hold jobs at the prison unless they have a medical condition which prohibits them. Most inmates get holidays off. In addition, apprenticeship programs are offered for teacher assistants, cooks, electricians, among others. All right. Inmates walking on the grounds within the complex. And when they're not working, they can wander the grounds. Inmates are allowed to exit the buildings after the morning count, but must sign out and specify where they are going, and they have to return to their dorms by 4 p.m. I guess normal prisons, you're not allowed to walk around. No, this, no. This, this sounds like boarding school. Yeah, it totally does. There's a picture of a sewing course in the 30s and 40s at Alderson. Like, like, I'm pretty waspy, and this sounds like my middle school. Right? Yeah. In the 30s and 40s, sewing was part of the vocational training program, and during that era, the prison had perhaps its most famous inmate... I wanted to be Marilyn Monroe. Did she go to that? Billie Holiday! The jazz singer and songwriter served time in the 1940s for drug possession. (laughs) What? Uh, Okay, so there we go. That that was America's cushiest uh, prison. Heroin, by the way. Heroin. It was heroin. It was heroin. That's how she could sing so well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... We'll do uh, one last Martha thing here. This is this is their this is their tr- super trailer. I can't believe I haven't seen this yet, and it premiered November seventh. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't know this existed well, now you can well, until it. now. It's on VH1. It's easy to miss. It's yeah. Well, and I don't have a TV anyway, so. Welcome. Me too. I'm going to be free cheese pizza with spinach and mint and a topping of delectable black truffles. It sounds delightful. So delicious. <laughs> Just to clarify, I'm not high right now, but whoever gave us this show, they must have been. There's like cheerleaders in the background. Welcome to Martha and Snoop's hot luck dinner party. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna start throwing dishes unless we get going. Yeah. Well, let's go then. You're sexy, you look amazing. You're raising my temperature. Give it to him, Martha. <laughs> you are definitely hood certified, baby. I'm excited to be here. This is the weirdest group of people ever on a stage together. <laughs> I make fried chicken a wee bit better than Snoop. Oh, Snoop, look at this. Oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> it's a piece of weave in there. <laughs> <laughs> let me try that again. I want to add the truffle topping. It's like a mushroom. It's like a mushroom. Do it do what mushrooms do? Because if it is, I'm a fan of truffles now. <laughs> you can grate the nutmeg. You want me to break these nuts? No, I want you to grate them. Grate these nuts? Great. <laughs> oh, grate these nuts? So, there it is. 
Snoop and Mar I can't believe I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was a couple months ago. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm lost in Mutiny Radio. I like every, everything, everything here. I'm such, I'm, I've said it before too. I'm like, I'm a selfish, horrible person. Like everyone else's lives continue going on and like, there's supposed to be another wedding this Friday, and I'm like, God, I can't. Oh wow! I don't really, I don't really want to go because I've got happy hour. I mean, I guess I can, I can have people sub and be there, but I'm like, yeah, I'd rather just stay at the station. <laughs> I don't really want to go to the wedding. What am I going to wear? Uh, well, and that's the thing. I, I at this point, I hate weddings. I think they're so pointless and stupid. I love uh, weddings. The reception is my favorite. <laughs> you know, and I just don't even. I don't even. I don't even care that much. I feel like the reception is so that you can like give them a gift. I just I feel yeah. like it's so yeah for the little cocktail shrimp and shit. Cocktail and, shrimp and like open bar. Yeah, man. Yeah, the food's never as good as you think it want it to be. Oh man, I, I I just I don't want to go to this wedding this weekend. <laughs> I I just like. I just rather stay here and listen to comedy. Is that awful? That's, no, that's no, kind of that's, that's not good. at all. You know, I got my uh, fraternity brother the best wedding gift. Yeah. I got him bed sheets. <laughs> and I, I wrote this cute little note in it about never going to bed angry and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, really I sent them because uh, now he'll have to think of me every time he does it with his girl. <laughs> Thinks of you every time. That's. that's uh, she gets her period. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been doing a terrible. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've ridden the too. dragon before. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I don't know. I just I, that was off the top. You've got. Of my head. You, in other words, we call it. You got your red wings. Oh. I, oh. I just, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> I learned that in high school. <laughs> I, I just. I haven't had sex in so long. I don't even remember what it's like. What's that? I, I, it's been, I, I don't even, well, that's so funny. The, I think the my last mommy time, and daddy do it. The last time I had sex, I was blackout drunk, and that's the only oh, time I've had it in this new year. So in this new year, the only time I've had sex, I don't remember it. Wow. Listeners, so, we, don't, we don't want you to have blackout well, drunk. It sex. wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> it, it was, was the alcohol I, fault. No, I didn't know that the, at the second was a Monday and so it was a bank holiday and so I went to go get food at my favorite bar I had a couple drinks and it was done with joke workshop and I was like I need to get food went to the bar and um, ordered drinks before we realized the kitchen was closed and then I had to drink these two IPAs and it was already after nine o'clock and you know I hadn't eaten anything and I I had a couple IPAs here at the station during Joke Workshop, and so I think it was only five IPAs, but but no food. But with no food, like I blacked out. You, you know, Shit. I I once wound up dating a lawyer for three months because I blacked out because I forgot to eat all day. We went on this date and I had three 11% IPAs. Yeah. And I I I know I walked her home because I have a vague recollection of that, but I don't remember the most of the date. So I texted her the next day. I was like, I'm so sorry if I was a mess last night. Blah blah blah. blah. Can we have a do-over? And she goes, No, you were fine. Right? And then you know the next night I'm having this conversation where it's like, Hey, you know, we've only got like a month maybe three months before I got to skip town. I'm moving to San Francisco. This is when I lived in Brooklyn. Right. And uh, she goes, yeah, you told me all that last night. <gasps> and I was like, oh, so you're, you're, you're down for that. You're cool. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm really embarrassed that I have to be told twice, but you know, at least right, we're on right, the same right, page. Right. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> Kids don't drink. Yeah. Well, we're, I, I mean, I never, I, and that's the same thing as I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm telling the same stories over and over. And I, although I, I guess actually, actually, you know, based on how well that relationship went, because it was kind of this mutual fun thing. Uh, yeah. Drink a lot. Drink, drink, <laughs> drink tons. Because ever since then, I've just had no good luck. Well, and there's a, there's a thing that happens with, I, I thought you meant you were like, you had a relationship for three months and you didn't remember it, but people who used to take and. 